I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on a Tuesday. It's already Tuesday. The week is flying by. And if only there was something in the news. <laughs> okay. Obviously, we have updates on, on some of the Durham stuff today. The IRS stuff might actually be kind of in a way be more frightening than the durham stuff yeah chris there's irs stuff i'll get to the irs stuff we have people with some suggestions i'm about to make a suggestion that's going to be very very offensive and will probably make people angry when it comes to the fbi but it's a path forward that i believe is necessary i didn't get to the trump versus desantis little war of words on abortion that's going on right now i'll get to that cbs wants you to eat bugs Netflix missed the boat again. Matt Gates makes a great suggestion and a sorority in Wyoming sticking up for itself. All that and so much more coming up tonight on the world famous Jesse Kelly show. Oh, I got this email too. This is probably where we should begin. Almighty oh, cheeseburger master. What, Chris? It seems we have a Durham sighting. Do you think this has anything to do with your book release? He didn't want his report overshadowed by your book, which can be purchased at jessekellybook.com. What, Chris? I was sitting around last night, and I was thinking to myself, I bet this is about me. 
I like to I like to imagine whenever there are huge events, I like to imagine they're directly related to me and my thoughts and my things because really the world revolves around me for the most part. All right, quit. Focus. What's going on today? First, let's deal with the Durham stuff again. We hit on it a bit last night, so we're not going to spend all day on it. But let's deal with it from a macro level because what do you want me to do? What are we, what are we supposed to sit here and say? Everything's corrupt and dirty, and we're in deep trouble. You know that. I told you that last night. Do we need? Do I, should I just beat you over the face with that over and over? We'll just beat each other up again about how screwed we are. Think. Let's tell you what I told you last night. America, as it's currently constituted, will not be here 100 years from now. Late stage republics, very very rarely, are able to save themselves. Today. Today, if you had any kind of a normal country or a country that was going to survive, the doors of the Hoover Building, F- FBI headquarters, would be locked and chained shut today. Every employee would be barred from the building. There would be immediately you'd be dealing with depositions. You'd be preparing for upcoming trials of FBI agents. That malfeasance like that with the federal law enforcement arm should stop the nation. It should virtually stop the nation. Instead, look, look, you and I, we know the truth. Nobody's going to get in trouble. Nobody is. FBI already came out and basically bragged, hey, we did the reforms already. We're good to go. You're getting stuff like this today all day long from, of course, the apparatchiks in the what media. What you have with John Durham is, like, it's a big fat nothing. Durham's whole thing is predicated on, it, it's like a rabbit hole conspiracy. Seems to be a complete dud. Once again, another dud by John Durham. So why, why am I talking about the end of America? And we'll get to the offensive thing I think we need to start doing when it comes to the FBI. I'll get to that here in just a second. But why, why do I, why do I say things like that? A hundred years from now, we won't be here. Well, we, you and me, we are on the right. Wherever on the right you happen to be. I call myself an anti-communist. Maybe you call yourself a conservative or a libertarian or a nationalist. It doesn't matter. You're somewhere on the right. You are somewhat of an individualist. You are. If you were a robot, if you were into the sheep stuff, the group think you'd be on the left. You are not. At least on some level, you are an individualist. You like to think about things for yourself. Even on your favorite shows, your favorite writers, me, which of course I'm probably your favorite show. If I say something you disagree with, you don't go along with it because I said it. I hope not. You better not. You process it. You think about it. You say to yourself, Jesse's wrong. I don't agree. I've thought through it. I looked into it for myself. This is what I actually believe. Okay, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that you're an individualist. But when we think only in individual terms, sometimes we can miss what it means to be a society. I said society. I was about to say a nation because, but this really applies to nations large and powerful like ours. This applies to tiny tribes. What does it mean to be a nation? Well, part of a nation, a critical part of any nation is the nation's institutions. And I actually don't like that. Maybe you don't like that. 
I don't like that we have to rely on institutions and that that's a huge part of our country because I'm an individual, right? You're an individual. We're on our own. But the truth is, your institutions, they will guide your country. They will. Uh, uh, let's go to our village we go to all the time to help me. It's mainly me to help me understand what I'm talking about here. Our village, it's a hundred people in it. Our village, even though it's only a hundred people, we will have a schoolhouse of some kind, right? Okay. That's an institution. That's our education right there. Our children will go there. What are they teaching in that school? What are they teaching the children? Are they hyper focused on Math and science. What if they're super focused on math and science? What do you think that would mean for the future of our village? Do you think that would mean advancements in math and science? Probably that would, that would snowball into technological advancements. Of course it would. That's because that institution is hyper focused on that. If that institution, uh, set, set aside math and science, that institution's focused on agriculture. When you, you take Aiden, Jaden, and Braden, and I'll take my sons, James and Luke, and we'll drop them off at our little village hut and go to school one day. And for seven, eight hours a day, they're going to learn about agriculture. They're going to learn how to grow. They're, maybe they'll even learn about animals and they'll learn about things like that. What would that mean for the future of our village? That institution would produce people who would advance the village in agricultural ways. Entertainment. What's our entertainment focus? What's it? Sports. Sports are important. What's our sport in the village? Do we play cornhole and darts? Are our sports more combative? Do we have something like that looks more like football or lacrosse? Well, if our institution of sports in our village focused on things like combat sports, our village would produce better men fit for combat maybe ladies too if we needed them you see what i mean institutions our religion what is the religion of our village let's set aside your religion for a moment whatever it happens to be we'll set aside your religion for a moment let's say our religion in the village let's say it placed a huge priority on the stars and the planets in the sky and that was just important you had to understand that. You wanted a further understanding of that. Let's say we're one of those weirdos that think that's where everything happens up there. So what would that mean for the future of our village? We would have a village because we had an institution that pushed it that would be more advanced when it came to the study of the planets and things like that. You see what I mean? Institutions, institutions will decide the direction your village or nation goes. Individualists like you, like me, may not love that, but that is the truth. America, America is the, well, it's its institutions. It is what its institutions produce. Why do we have so much of this and why don't we have enough of that? Well, the institutions are producing more of this and not enough of that. Why do we do this? Why do we not do that? Our institutions decide these things, our education system. Our religion, our entertainment, our government, these institutions, they are the ones that create, what, what's it called? What's a great saying for it? I heard cultural carrots and sticks. They will decide what, what are people incentivized to do? What are they disincentivized to do? If you were raised in ancient Sparta, 
every single cultural incentive. If you were a young boy, would be you're a warrior. Become a warrior. Be brave. Be tough. Be brave. Be tough. Be a warrior. Be brave. And every single disincentive would be coward. Don't want to be a coward. You're better off jumping off a cliff than being a coward. If you don't qualify for an army, they'll probably throw you off the cliff. Don't be a coward. Serve in the military. What did that produce? A society of all warriors. Your nation is a result of its institutions. But what's happened now with the Durham drop, which it was just confirmation of things you and I already knew, what's happened now, and the reason I say we won't be here 100 years from now, is what happens when your nation's institutions become not only poisonous, become distrusted? You want to walk through this with me? Let's walk through this, and then we'll laugh about some squabbles in the Democratic Party. Eric Adams is squabbling with Joe Biden. Biden's squabbling with me. Well, it's great. Before we get to that, as the financial institutions around us come apart, it is important that we take steps to make sure we are protecting ourselves in ways they cannot and will not. You know these people will not protect us. They will not take care of us. We have to take steps. We have to acquire precious metals. We must have gold or silver coins in our physical possession. We must get gold and silver, or silver, I should say, in our 401k or IRA. This is not because I like the shine of it. I actually don't really care for jewelry at all. I like the reliability of it. I love, I geek out on the fact that when I look at my gold coins, I know that either I will need them one day to purchase goods and services my dollar no no longer does, or I know there will be a Kelly somewhere down the line, maybe my sons, maybe their sons, maybe their sons, who will need that. Isn't that cool? Call 833-995-GOLD and get some. You need some. It's safety. It's reliability. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. We'll be back. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show getting ready to offend people with a suggestion about the FBI. And we have, oh, we still have IRS news I need to get to. And then we get to, oh, Senator Cucumber was, he was uh, interrogating somebody in the Senate today. That's going to be tons of fun. Pro-lifers under attack, all these things. But all these are going to tie back to what I'm talking about now. So we're talking about our institutions and why the institutions of a nation are so important, how they how they will decide the direction of the nation. You know, like uh, Germany is a good example. Why is it? What is it? Mercedes? Who has that commercial that says German engineering? German. It is Mercedes, right, boys? Mercedes. Okay, I think it's either way. It's some German company. Why would you brag about German engineering? I remember I had to buy something. Uh, one of those stick things. Uh, it's a long story. Anyway, I had to buy something a little while ago. And right there in the ad, because there were all kinds of different brands for it, right there in the ad, German engineering, engineered by Germany. Why does that matter? Well, Germany has traditionally been a nation where its institutions pushed people into engineering, engineering advancements. Now... They've created for themselves a culture where you hear it's a German engineer, German engineering. That's probably quality stuff. That's the culture. 
But let's go to where we are. Why do I say things like we won't be here 100 years from now? Well, I want you to go back to our 100-person village we were just talking about and think about the institutions, the religious one, the schools, the sports, the everything. What happens to our 100-person village in the long run when it's time for school that day and in the past, you've taken Aiden, Jaden, and Braden to school, and I've taken James and Luke to school because we believed in that institution and we trusted that institution to guide our children in ways we wanted. So what happens when I walk by your little mud hut and I'm taking James and Luke to school that day, and I say, hey, are Aiden, Jaden, and Braden coming? They can walk with us. And you say, no, I'm out on that school. That school's garbage. I don't trust it anymore. What happens when half of the village doesn't trust the school anymore? And look, set aside whether the school has earned it or not. That's not going to matter for, for the time being. What happens when KR Village, we had a religion, one of those crackpot ones that worships the sun, stars, and stuff like that. But that was our village religion, remember, in our little experiment? What happens when... Half the village is still going to whatever uh, weirdo star church it is. And the other half decides, hey, this religion's garbage. I don't like it anymore. I don't believe in any of that. I'm not going. What happens when the sports, the sports that were bringing our village together, a feeling of village harmony, training our young men for combat because we went into combat sports member. What happens when half the village decides, I don't like this sport. This sport's stupid like soccer is. I'm not joining it anymore. I don't like it. My son's not in. Now, obviously, this is all tongue-in-cheek, but think about what that means for the future of the village. What does it mean when the institutions are no longer trusted? What it means is this. You're not at the end. The day come, when the day comes and half the people don't trust the school and don't trust the sports and don't trust the religion, when that day finally comes, you're not at the end, but you're on the path heading that way, and it will be virtually impossible to stop it, to change direction. Because eventually you'll get to a point, there will be so much institutional distrust, you will simply have the village turning against itself. You will have half the people going one way, the other half going the other way. It will cease becoming a village, and it will become two separate societies within the same fence. And when that day comes, you're no longer a community. When that day comes, you are fighters in a cage, and only one of you is coming out the other side. That's what's happened already in your country, in my country. Trump's presidency revealed most of that as they went to attack Trump. COVID really, really revealed that. We watched, we sat back and watched institutions that we didn't even think about before. Look, 10 years ago, it wouldn't be hard to find somebody on the right who would criticize the IRS. Everyone's hated the IRS. That's nothing new. 10 years ago, what percentage of the people would criticize the FBI? You'd still have... Uh, virtually everyone would sound like the same losers who say it today. The great men and women of the FBI. That would be 99% of the right 10 years ago. Okay, set the FBI aside because they've always kind of sucked. But the CDC, have you 
ever in your life prior to COVID dogged on the CDC. I was looking at this headline today. COVID pandemic killed more than 80,000 people in New York, almost 1.3 million across the U.S. CDC tally shows. And you know what stuck out to me there? The CDC part. I read the headline and I thought, oh, wow. Oh, the CDC says so. That's probably a lie. Would you have ever thought that previously? We are now on the path towards the end. It will be virtually impossible to get off of that path. Doesn't mean we do nothing. We have to do some stuff. I'm getting ready to interview somebody very, very interesting. And then we're going to talk about a plan and something offensive. You ready for this? Offensive is kind of our specialty. Hang on. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, 
and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and uh, if you're like me at all, you look at the, the stock market and you cringe. I actually have told members of my family to stop telling me when it goes up and down. I've banished myself from looking at it anymore because <laughs> I know it's going to get bad. So let's talk to someone who actually knows about it, like a lot. He's the one who calls all these things. His name is Mason Sexton. Yes, it is Buck's father. He's the founder of New Paradigm Research. Okay, Mason, uh, should I put my money in a mayonnaise jar? Because I'm tired of losing it in the stock market. Well, uh, first, Jesse, I just want to say, uh, you know, how honored I am to be on your show. You know, I'm a huge fan. There's only one person in media that, that I actually prefer to you, and I guess <laughs> you know who that is. But uh, anyway, no, I Thank think you. we're uh, we're headed down a very dangerous uh, path. Uh, in the next 12 to 24 months, um, it started, obviously, I mean, the uh, recognition that it was uh, we're on this path started really in March with the failure of uh, Silicon Valley Bank and then, of course, the other banks, Signature, Republic and uh, Credit Suisse. And those uh, th- those are just the tip of the iceberg, in my opinion. I think we we're going to see all kinds of additional uh, failures in the bank sector. Uh, and ultimately, you know, what we're having, uh, and when I, I call my company now New Paradigm Research, because we're facing new paradigms we've never faced before, starting really with uh, artificial intelligence and, of course, the speed with which things happen on the Internet. Um, and so you're now having panics, bank failures that are taking hours, uh, if not minutes. And, and, of course, that's what happened uh, in the case of Silicon Valley Bank. You know, everybody got the the memo and everybody, you know, just pressed the button and, and uh, had their, their deposits, uh, you know, moved out of the bank. And, of course, that's why it failed so quickly. But that's, okay. that's I think, uh, you know, endemic now and it's going to be characteristic of some of the uh, uh, real serious financial problems we're facing here uh, going forward. Okay. I'm cringing when I ask this question, but I want to know what financial problems are we expecting a lot more of these bank closures a few more other financial problems i don't see coming what what can't i see coming because i'm stupid okay well you're not stupid uh this is a a function of a lot of different problems coming together at the same time so uh you know really the first problem of course is regulation uh you know the this this should never have been allowed to happen. Um, and without getting into too much into the weeds, um, you, you know, you have bad management. Uh, the management at Silicon Valley Bank, for example, it, it was completely derelict. This this the, you, you, this could have been avoided, but what had happened? It's, it's in a and it's partly responsible responsibility of the Fed 
because, you know, they kept interest rates at basically zero for 10 years. So everybody was incented to put their money into long-term government bonds at very low interest. Now, when that changed and within a year they raised interest rates almost 5%, it caused a huge loss on the balance sheet of these banks, particularly the regional banks. And that's, that loss, to give you some idea, is estimated to be almost $8 trillion, okay? Now, that, that, if that gets recognized across the spectrum of regional banks, it's all over. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the government, we're, we're at such a high level of debt already that there's really no more capacity to deal with these kinds of, you know, what I would call the second great financial crisis. So in, 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 19, in uh, 2008, when we had the last one, you know, debt to GDP was something like, you know, 70 or 80 percent. It's now 126 oh. percent. So we don't have the options we had before. And for a lot of other reasons, which, you know, we could get into, we're, we're, we're in what I call Murphy's Law, okay, which means anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And uh, if you remember O'Toole's corollary, Murphy was an optimist. So we're in a period here over the next two years, I think, going into the summer of 2025, when things are just going to go from bad to worse. And uh, I, this is a, a time to get out of the stock market. Uh, I think you should have a what I would call a outsized uh, position in precious metals, particularly gold. And, and by that, I mean, you know, 10 or 20 percent of your of your assets. Um, I think uh, it, it makes sense to have maybe 25% in a good short fund, like a Rydex, uh, you know, a, a bear fund, and 25% in, in some sort of cash. It's now yielding almost 5%. Um, so those are the kinds of, you know, allocations that I would make. I'd be very, very cautious here long the stock market. I, I, I think there will be some stocks that perform, you know, well, but they're going to be, you know, the one in 10, not, you know, not what we've had. So um, that's that's what I advise. Speaking with Mason Sexton, by the way, uh, Mason, what is great disruption 2023.com? Great disruption 2023.com. Tell people what this is. Well, uh, if you go to that URL uh, and click on it and just enter your uh, email address, we will send you uh, the latest edition of this research. In fact, you know, it's literally we're launching on May 23rd. So you'll get the, the launch package uh, completely free. And, um, yeah, I mean, you can you can sample this research and get an understanding of what we're trying to do. We call it New Paradigm because, as I said before, we are entering, we believe, this period really for the next 10 years of completely new paradigms in science, technology, culture, society, government, you know, and uh, it's important that as investors and as citizens that we understand what the implications of those paradigms, this new paradigms is. So um, that's that's what we're dedicated to do. We, I've been doing this for 50 years. I started, a, I graduated from Harvard Business School in 1972, started working at Morgan Stanley and then Solomon Brothers. And I've been, you know, doing this sort of uh, analytic uh, uh, technical work for 50 years so uh we've, we've as you know we've made some amazing calls over the years uh, last year for example 
We're up 38% just uh, buying and selling the spider in our recommendation to our hedge fund clients. And, um, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're looking at a, at a very difficult environment, but we think that by using, uh, you know, timing the way we have that you can make money in a difficult, uh, a difficult stock market, largely by being short the right, the right, uh, assets. It is great disruption 2023.com. As you can tell, knows what he's talking about. Mason, just real quickly, finally here. When I see consumer debt passes $17 trillion for the first time ever, that alarms me a lot when I combine that with the other stuff you just told me, because it tells me, forgetting banks and financial institutions, not that I'm disregarding those, individual Americans have piled up mind-blowing amounts of debt, and I'm just trying to wrap my mind around what that means for them. Well, look, uh, it's obvious because of uh, high inflation uh, that uh, was engendered, obviously, by, you know, the COVID relief uh, printing of $5 trillion, basically, uh, that, uh, you know, people are now, uh, that money is kind of running off, uh, and now they're having to, uh, you know, put debt on their credit card at at high interest rates just to pay their their, uh, monthly bills. So this is uh, extremely concerning. You, you saw it just in the uh, release Home Depot, which has been one of the stalwarts of the consumer, you know, uh, bull market. It reported very disappointing results just uh, the other day, and uh, you know you're seeing it in many areas. I think it, it's going to be crystal clear by the end of the third quarter that we're in a bad recession. And I just want to say one other thing: if you look at the regional bank picture, which, as I said, is very dire, in my opinion, they represent about 70% of lending to small business in the United States. Oh. Now, the, the small business represents something like 80% of economic activity. So, uh, and, on, and you put on top of that the fact that we have these commercial uh, real estate loans, which are now, you know, just coming up proper. I mean, you had the bank in San Francisco that in 2000, the, the building in, two, in 2018 was uh, valued at $300 million. They can't even sell it for $60 million today. So these, you know, th- this new paradigm in terms of work habit, people wanting to work remotely, they, you know, less than 50% of uh, office space around the country is occupied anymore. So you've got these, these huge, mortgages commercial mortgages coming due to be refinanced and and there's no nobody wants to refinance but there's huge losses in that and that's part of the regional bank portfolio about 25 percent of regional bank uh uh assets are in these commercial loans so this stuff is compounding that's why i mentioned murphy's law we're at a point in street where all this stuff is starting to pile up and we're not, we don't have the same solutions. We don't have the same, uh, uh, you know, give, give and take that we had. And so that's why I'm so concerned and why I, I, I strongly advise people to be extremely cautious with your, your assets. And I think, you know, uh, what I kind of outlined, uh, with some precious metals, with cash, with a short fund, you know, that's kind of, I think, the way to go. Now, it, this changes. So we're, we're in a period 
that I analogize to 1972 to 1982. That was a period of high inflation and stagflation. And uh, if you remember, and af- after the, uh, the the Dow was about close to a thousand in uh, the beginning of 1972 when it started, and at in August of 1982 it was about a thousand. So it went ten years with no movement, but the inflation just killed everybody's portfolio. So the real wealth was cut in half over ten years, and that's what we're facing today, I believe. So I, I strongly advise people to, you know, take this to heart. You, you can't just sit there long and hoping your losses are going to come back. Uh, that's not, that's not going to happen, in my opinion. He, his opinion, I, I would put a lot of weight into that opinion. He is Mason Sexton. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you. Look, that was heavy, but I think that stuff's important, right? That's important. Precious metals. Very smart man. Why are all the smart people telling you these things? Also, you know who else is smart, Chris? People who practice with a Mantis X with their weapon. Those people are smart. You know why they're smart, Chris? You'll like this. One, they save money. See, that's one of the, maybe the most, most appealing part of Mantis X for Chris is he doesn't have to buy any more ammo to go shoot it at the range because Lord knows ammo has gotten expensive. But honestly, You get good with your weapon, dry fire practicing with Mantis X, and you get to have fun while you do it, and there's no pressure, and there's no earplugs, and you will find yourself with your family or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whoever getting to be a better shot and enjoying yourself and competing. It's awesome. Go get one, man. MantisX.com, all right? MantisX.com. The Green Berets use it for a reason. MantisX.com. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Tuesday reminding you, you can email the show your love, your hate, your death threats, your ass, Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. All are welcome to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. jesse at jessekellyshow.com now. I need to clarify something from last night. I had on Joe Sweeney last night. He was talking about the Acervo Project. Those are those people out there hunting down these child predators, putting on seminars and things like that in schools, educating kids. Remind me, Chris, I need to get a hold of Joe. I want him to come to my kid's school. Acervo is spelled A-S-S-E-R-V-O. A-S-S-E-R-V-O. Acervo Project. The Acervoproject.org. We need to support that organization. We need to make sure we need to make sure we're inviting these people out to educate our children. I'm telling you, you, me, kids, you listening, look, look, don't think you know it all. Let's get educated. I need educated. I need to know about the ins and the I don't know what these child predators do online. I'm, it's not that's not exactly my wheelhouse. I don't know what they're doing online. I need to know. You need to know. Let's arm ourselves with information. That's one, two. I really enjoy the Democrat on Democrat squabbling because New York City's been experiencing the influx of illegal immigrants for the first time since it became a sanctuary city. Eric Adams, Eric Adams wants money. Let's be clear about what he's doing when he goes to the camera all the time and says, where the heck is the president of the United States? 
Uh, that, that is a good question. And I think we all should be asking, uh, why is this happening to a city that was turning itself around and will continue to do so? Uh, this should not be happening to New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, and the other big northern cities. And really, it should not be happening to El Paso or Brownsville, Texas. Sure. No city should be carrying this burden. It's a national problem, and it needs a national solution. Yeah, but the problem is he's not serious about any actual solutions. What you're seeing now is an open form of political blackmail. And here's what I mean. The Biden administration, as you well know, and we're going to go over a lot of this next hour, and we'll talk about the IRS stuff and Trump and DeSantis and whatnot. The IRS stuff is unbelievable. Anyway, the Biden administration hates bad press. Any administration hates bad press, but because they're Democrats, they're used to never getting it. That's why Biden is always talking down to reporters, and he'll always act like he's joking. Yeah, that's what, despite what you said, idiot, ha, 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 I'm joking, that was a joke, ha, ha. No, it wasn't, jerk. No, it wasn't. You were being serious. Don't do that. They hate bad press. Eric Adams is routinely going on television and saying, where's my help? Where's the help? I need help. I need funds. I need money. I need help. Where's my help? Eric Adams is playing a game, probably a dangerous game, but a game. Political blackmail. He's going to continue going to going on TV, complaining that he has to take care of all these illegal immigrants until Joe Biden does what? Not secures the border. Eric Adams is not interested in the border being secured. Joe Biden is uniquely invested in the border not being secured. So the border is never going to get secured. Set that stuff aside. Why is he constantly doing this? Why is he going to the media saying these things? Money. It all comes down to money. This is what you call open political blackmail. It's fascinating to watch it happen. Fascinating to watch it happen. And I bet you something. I bet you something right now. I bet you Eric Adams gets his money. I bet you within a month or two, we will read a story to you. Chris might want to write this one down about some special grant or something from the federal government. New York City is receiving $1 billion for caring for the, they'll call them migrants, caring for migrants. Bet you money. All right. I promised I was going to be offensive about something when it comes to dealing with the FBI. A practical step that maybe you and I should take. Maybe it's something we should discuss. Maybe it'll make us uncomfortable. I guarantee it will, actually. But it's about to be discussed. Next. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.